Welcome, everyone. Welcome to AskTheContractors.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, catch us on AskTheContractors.com website. Go to AskTheContractors.com. It's filled with information. Anything you need to know about your home, give me the question. I answer every question I receive. So go to AskTheContractors.com. Send me a question. Send me pictures. I'd like to see your project. I'd like to talk to you about your project. You might have questions. You might need a solution to uh, to figure out something on your beautiful home, your number one asset. And today, my special guest, hopefully our future governor of California, Mr. Doug Osi. Mr. Doug Osi, thank you. Well, good morning. Great to be with you. Uh, it's great to have you here. Um, Doug, you've been around the horn quite a bit. Uh, graduate of Berkeley, business administration. Uh, you've been in real estate. You're a business owner, which as a candidate and a politician, that's very unusual that you, uh, you, you know, wrapped your, your hands around the, the business world. I, I really uh, appreciate hearing that. Um, you were named hero of the taxpayers and earned a tax fighting award from the National Tax Limitation Committee. Three terms in uh, Congress. Very proud of you there. That took Thank a lot you. of work. Um, involved in uh, completing portions of the border fence in 1996, uh, served as uh, U.S. House of Representatives, and you co-authored a Homeland Security bill. What year did you do that? Well, I was actually in Congress from 99 through 04, so my involvement with the border fence was in 2001. Okay, so... uh, And you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. My involvement at the border fence was trying to figure out how do we get the permits finished so we can build this stupid fence. And when we went down there, there were 18 different laws that the Corps of Engineers was dealing with. And we finally untangled all that by 2006, and they were able to build the wall. And, of course, that had to be pushed through with the federal government. Correct. Yeah, So, uh, which uh, sometimes uh, does not move as quickly as what, uh, <laughs> as, as what we'd like, which goes back to a business owner. You appreciate that. Absolutely. So, uh, Mr. Rossi, you're running for governor. I think that's very daring in the climate that we're at politically in this uh, in this country. What do you see as your pathway to governorship? So, Todd, I think the key here is to talk to people about stuff that's affecting their everyday life. I mean, you're in construction, you're in development. You know about the cost of housing. How do you? What's it cost to build new housing? What's it cost to fill your car with gas? What's it cost to get health insurance? What's it cost to pay your SMUD bill, for instance, Sacramento, or your PG&E bill in Northern California, or what have you? Those are all things that are like kitchen table issues. I was just going to say kitchen table issues. People right. that they see their bill every month. They know what's uh, they know what it costs to keep your house heated. Correct. And and now we're moving toward more uh, green uh, deal, which I think is going to affect us even more because last time I checked, gas prices were up almost a dollar right. from a year ago. So we're paying over four bucks now for gas in most places compared right. to other states where a dollar to a dollar and a half below that. There's really no reason why that is the case other than self-inflicted wounds over the past 25 years. We have literally adopted rules that force the gas manufacturers to raise the price that they then charge us. I mean, can I mean, really? If you're somebody with household income of 30 or 40 or 50,000 dollars, do you really think paying 4 bucks for gas is a good idea? Cuz that's what the Democrats have created. That's what I'm running against. Let's go back to the border for a second. I want to ask you your feelings. Let's limit it to California. I mean, the whole border needs to be secured. But what about California? Because we have a problem. These people are coming in. They're going to be using our school systems. They're going to be using our our, uh, medical system. 
they're going to be relying on the safety net system that we have here. What are your thoughts on that? So this is a very this is a very complex issue that everybody likes to say. Oh, this requires a degree in you know astrophysics, but it doesn't. What you have to do is figure out what you want. What do we want to be as America? Number one, we want to be a country where people who seek to improve themselves can do so. We want to be a country where we control our borders. We decide who gets to reside here and who doesn't if they, don't, if they aren't born here kind of thing. Those are reasonable policies at the federal level. Now, what they need to do, what the feds need to do, and what the state will benefit from is clarity in what the immigration policies are. Right now, the country creates, through immigration, about one million new citizens a year. And we get to choose who they are. We, get, we should continue to do that. But we have to control our borders. It is literally a fact, just like in your house. If you don't have a fence delineating your property line, then your neighbor owns your property or is going to use it. If we don't have a border that's secure, then we don't have a country because there's no way to tell who belongs and who doesn't. That's what, that's what this is about. Is It's not anti-Hispanic. It's not anti-Eastern European. It's about establishing control over who comes into our country. So we're talking about who's coming into our country. Let's talk a little bit about who's yeah. leaving our state. Uh, 146,000 people left our state in the past two years. Actually, a shorter period than that. If you can afford to get up and move and hire movers to move you out of this state, chances are you're employed. You have, you're a wage earner. There's, that's 146,000 people that we're not gaining any tax benefits from. They're leaving. There's people that are uh, state workers, federal workers, and they're going right across the border, and their check from California is being mailed to them from their pension, and they're spending it somewhere else. What's your thoughts on that? So the, the, number, the absolute number of people in California is higher today than it was 10 years ago. The rate of growth in California has become very, very low. It's like 0.06% per year. And that's what you're referring to, is that mm-hmm. the historical pattern of people flocking to California has seriously evaporated. And they're leaving for any number of reasons. If you actually study the statistics, you'll see that there are three primary groups that leave. There's the folks who can afford to, there's the folks who can't afford to stay, and then there are the folks who just are done putting up with the homelessness and the poor schools and the lack of public safety and the like. So you got to look at each of those differently. You know, for the people who can afford to stay but choose to move, they're leaving because of the financial burden of 13.3. They're very high income bracket primarily, so they want to keep their money. They move to Nevada. They come back to California for no more than 182 days a year. You know, their family's still here. you got Zoom. you got all the electronic advantages. You know, the folks who are leaving because they can't afford to stay here are finding that they can afford to buy a house in Texas or Colorado or Iowa that they could never afford here. A two, three-bedroom, two-bath, 2,000-foot house for 325000 bucks. Which leads me into my next question, and that is affordable housing. What's right. your thoughts on affordable housing? Because it is off the charts right now. You're in real estate. You understand it. You see it. What's your thoughts on affordable housing so that the next generation coming up behind us uh, Mr. Osi can actually afford to live. Okay, in a so home. Let, let's be careful on the on the rhetoric we, we use here. What we need is housing that is affordable. All right. So when we have a situation like we have in California today, which is self-inflicted, where the price of lumber has doubled in the past year, where the price of concrete is up forty or fifty percent, 
in the last six months, where we can't find plumbers, where we can't find electricians, we can't find framers, all of those situations contribute to upward pressure on the cost of housing. So kids, kids who are looking to buy are not able to because the price has gotten beyond their reach. You're listening to AskTheContractors.com. I'm here with Mr. Doug Osi, who's running for governor. And again, thank you so much for uh, for being with us uh, today, Doug. So affordable housing. Mr. Osi, it's also about land. You want to buy an acre of land in San Francisco or San Jose area, but you can go into Fresno. Fresno is a place that's, that's growing. It's off the charts. Uh, Sutter, uh, Sutter County is off the charts right now. And it Sure, yeah, two-by-fours are up, sheetrock is up, plywood is up, but it comes down to the land. And when you're paying 20 times the amount for something in the San Jose area opposed to Yuba City, that makes a big difference. Well, how do you see these young, uh, well, they're not young uh, uh, communities, but they're absolutely off the charts and growing. So I have very personal experience in this. I have a piece of property in Sacramento County on which I could build 5,000 homes. I've been in process for 19 years getting it approved. 19 years. So I don't, I don't know what the others who might run in this race uh, know or understand. But if we're going to talk about housing, you might as well talk to somebody who knows housing from a very personal perspective. And that's me. You cannot deliver affordable housing. You cannot stay ahead of demand. You cannot create sufficient number of lots on which to build houses if the elected officials and the approval process in the state is so bollocked up that you can't get to a conclusion. That has to change. It needs to change immediately. Less red tape. Yes. I mean, that comes right down to it. Moving on, uh, a subject that is very dear to my heart, winning a national award through the Edmund G. Murrow Award, uh, homelessness. And uh, it's it's very dear to my heart. Um, I'm going to be working with Rich Desmond on uh, Homeless right. Committee on, on just trying to find out, first of all, to stop the bleeding and then to hopefully find a, uh, a suggestion. And by the way, Rich Desmond, our newest uh, county supervisor, four years ago, Mr. O.C., we had 35 to 3,600 homeless people within the city limits. Now we're, we're approaching probably somewhere in the, the, the number of seven to 8,000 in the city limits. In L.A. right now, uh, anywhere from 66 to 82,000 people are sleeping on the streets every, every night. This has no longer become a city problem. It's now a state problem. What are your thoughts on that? So, Todd... First of all, congratulations on the Murrow Award. Thank I've you. I neglected to mention that earlier. That's no, a great no, thank achievement. you. I really appreciate so, good it. Good for you. But it is dear to my heart. So on the homelessness issue, I think we're looking at the wrong problem here. A lot of the people who are in office today or who are running for office today are running around saying, let's get hotels for homeless. And what that does is it takes a homeless person off the street, puts them in a hotel room, but it doesn't address the underlying problem that that person is dealing with in the first place. In most cases, 75 to 80 percent, according to statistics that I'm familiar with, the homeless person has one degree or another, a drug addiction issue or a mental illness issue. Putting them in hotels for homeless does not address that issue. What we need to do is change the law that allows us to compel these individuals to get treatment. We can help them they are, in many cases, incapable of making the decision, the decisions necessary to affirmatively act 
to deal with the problem. We need to compel the treatment for them. And until we do, this problem's going to get bigger. And I want to add one other thing. In the state of California today, we have 150,000 homeless people statewide. The state of California today has 41 different programs that are offered to help homeless people, spread across nine different state agencies, spending over $4 billion a year on these programs. That's in excess of $26,000 a year per person who's homeless. You're telling me that we can't solve this problem with that kind of money available? This is a this has become a homeless industrial complex that's sucking on the trough of the taxpayer with nobody insisting, just downright insisting that progress be made. Last year, Mr. Steinberg, our mayor, spent over a hundred million from the federal government on his homeless projects, and it's doubled in size. Right, numbers are up. So, so it's not always money. Do you agree with that? I agree. This is a question, Todd. This is a question of will. I mean, is our elected officials going to face the reality that this is a nasty problem involving nasty choices that have to be made? Mr. Osi, I dare any of our listeners to drive down Marconi, if you're familiar with Sacramento, turn right on Roseville Road, yep. and out of sight, out of mind. Go it's with not security. A well- yeah, exactly. Out of sight, out of mind. Yep. And it's it's getting worse. So and I, it's not I, just Roseville Road. Oh no, you it's, go it's, you go everywhere around this community. Down power in. You go to San Francisco. You Absolutely. go to L.A. You go to go to Paso Robles. We have homeless everywhere, and it's because our officials are saying it's too hard a problem. I'm telling you, I'm running because that's exactly the kind of problem I want to deal with. My final question: the political scene out there is far different than it was in <laughs> 2018 when you uh, when you ran for governor. How do you see things different today? So the, you know, in 18, the donor community was uh, doubtful about the prospects of overcoming the Democrat. Everybody thought that Newsom was the favorite. That did play out that way. I mean, Newsom became governor. He's been in that chair now two years. We've seen his track record. And while he looks good and he uses big words, the question I ask, I have to ask you, are you better off today than you were two years ago? Because the answer is no. Were you surprised that uh, enough signatures were gathered to uh, put him on the recall? No, I wasn't. I mean, the situation, Todd, just go out, go to the malls, go talk to your neighbors, just go walk in the parks. You'll see the depth and breadth of the problems that we're dealing with that nobody in elected office is taking seriously. It's all lip service. Right. That has to end. Well, listen, Mr. Osi, thank you so much for your time. It's been a wonderful, wonderful interview, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in running for governor. And I hope, uh, I hope we can talk uh, again. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Todd. What a pleasure having Mr. Doug Osi on, hopefully our future governor. I'm certainly behind him. I think he answered the questions properly. Uh, I think his enthusiasm shows. Uh, he really does want to govern this state, and we do need uh, new leadership in this state. Uh, he sees it uh, pretty much the way a conservative would look at it. Uh, I think it's the ripe time, ripe time to get into a race right now with Governor Newsom on the recall list. I think with someone like Doug Osi, Mr. Doug Osi coming in, who's been, again, 
three-term House of Congress, serving three terms, House of Representatives. He has the know-how. He has the skill. And he's a business owner. i got to drill that home to you. He's a business owner. He's made payroll. He's had employees. He has employees. He's been developer. He's in real estate. The guy knows more than just uh, how to cover his, his behind in, uh, in uh, politics. And so this is a good reason to get behind him. Uh, I talked to him a little bit uh, uh, off uh, off the mic. Uh, he's a little little concerned on name recognition in the South, but he's making a huge push down there uh, to uh, to get his name better known uh, south of uh, of, uh, of Stockton. Uh, he's very well known up in in the Northern California area. He's made a very very good name for himself, but uh, but down south he's going to struggle a little bit. And uh, I, I wish the best of luck to him. And again, a wonderful guy. And Mr. Osi, I cannot thank you enough for uh, allowing me to interview you and i hope it's one of many to come i'm your host todd bird askthecontractors.com again folks this is where we cut through it all and nail things down go to my website askthecontractors.com i've been doing this for 41 years go to that website there's people on that website businesses that that can help you you don't have to go through a general contractor like myself go directly to the people that have made me successful askthecontractors.com until next time again i'm your host todd Bird, and thank you so much for tuning in.